0: ish podcast a place for those of us who like sports ish we are making sports fun cute and digestible this is not your boyfriend's sports news my name is lily i'm joined by my husband ashton he brings the sports i bring the ish together we are sports ish ash i need to start with a question i know that you know okay i i know that you know i know that you know how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Oh, every day. Seriously, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean every day, all the time. Actually. No. I, look, it's it's like a social media sensation, right?
0: No, I know. I will I say know. this.
1: I, I think I, I think about it more than I think you would realize. Right. But not nearly as much as what is being played up. But, like, I, I mean, look, I love a good little history lesson. I mean, half the people I follow on Instagram, like, it, it it's either wild nature videos, wild medical videos, New York videos, or, like, historical facts slash story, in like, videos. A, lo- a lot of Roman, a lot of ancient Rome videos.
0: You're telling me you watch ancient Roman videos on Instagram?
1: Just cool stories about it. <laughs> okay. Think about it. Look. Star Wars based on the, the the Roman Empire, okay?
0: I mean, listen, I don't think about it. That's the thing. Bible. The Bible takes Bible's... place
1: takes place in the well, not all the Bible, okay. The New Testament takes place during the Roman Empire. Uh, right? The Colosseum, you've got some of the greatest movies, the Gladiator, right?
0: Yeah, but like Roman I'm not Empire. I mean, here here's the thing. I think the trend is honestly hilarious. But I have learned more about the Roman Empire in the past two weeks than I ever learned before.
1: Yeah, it's a great, great topic of conversation. One of the guys I follow, and I don't remember his Instagram tag, but he literally is just dressed up in, like, Roman, like, the Roman Empire, like, the Roman guard headgear, and just tells, like, cool historical facts.
0: You follow this man?
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic follow. I just wish I remembered the name of it.
0: I mean, it's not something I'm interested in, but I'm happy for you. Another trend I am seeing about it is what is the equivalent of the Roman Empire for women, right? So, like, what do women think about way more than men think they do? I mean, there's obvious things, right? Like Taylor Swift, that's like an everyday top of mind The monologue by America Ferreira in the Barbie movie is every day, multiple times a day for me. I do keep seeing videos over and over again where women are saying one thing that I don't think you guys realize that we think about so much is getting kidnapped. It's like an every single day thing. No, I could see that. I feel like that. I feel like that makes sense. I saw this in a TikTok video and it's the truest thing I've ever heard. It is like a deep fear. And I think about it every single day i mean when's the last time you thought about getting kidnapped real talk
1: i don't think about myself getting kidnapped probably be... like
0: when you were 12.
1: no when i see things on instagram all right like i follow news as well another thing i follow and i just hear the craziest stories about like kids girls and i just like yeah it's terrifying i think about that all the time not 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 as much as the roman empire but you know a lot
0: it's a it's a reoccurring thought in my mind and so when i saw that I was thinking to myself, why why do we think so much about getting kidnapped, getting followed? I was alone on Monday night after an event and I had to walk like five blocks. And it was, it was like 10 p.m. in Chicago. And the whole time it was just like, who's popping out? Who am I getting kidnapped by? So I was thinking to myself, why do women think about getting kidnapped? so much you know basically the same amount apparently as men think about the roman empire and i think it's because of stories like lauren mccluskey and that is the story that we're going to tell today that's what we're going to deep dive today's kind of a different type of episode we don't have a mansplain minute we don't have a pop culture quiz you know in terms of sports it's football (laughs) Football. Yeah,
1: football season in the swing of it. Love it. Got Get your fantasy teams lined up. Week Survivor three. Survivor pools, whatever you got to do.
0: Joe Burrow reaggravated his calf. So yeah. we'll see where, where he's...
1: Yeah, the Bengals are struggling.
0: I know. 0-2. But apparently they did start 0-2 last season. So Did they really? Not all hope is lost yet. No,
1: no, I'm not. I haven't given up hope. I think they're a great team. They'll make the playoffs. Joe Burrow is electric, but... They they've they've had a tough schedule and they've had some you know good games.
0: Yeah. Anyways, other than than football and you know the WNBA playoffs, and I'm quite sure the Aces are going to take it all because is the
1: Liberty in it as well? And the
0: Liberty's electric. If you know anything about
1: yeah, the stars showed up at their game.
0: The WNBA. You know that the Aces and the Liberty man. Those are the two best Go teams. Go Sabrina. Go, Go Kelsey. Go Those are
1: the, those are, those are my two, my fun. two WNBA. And
0: those are your WNBA crushes. Those
1: are my WNBA crushes.
0: That's fair. I, I have crushes in every major league, so you should too.
1: All right. Sounds great to me.
0: <laughs> Anyways. So we're mostly just going to move on to the story because there is so much there. If you want to know what's going on in the sports world. You go follow the Sportsish on Instagram.
1: Yeah, we'll be back with the man's plane minute. Don't worry, it's not going anywhere.
0: It's not. He'll be back. The Sportsish podcast is brought to you by Mixers, all natural drink supplements made by women for women to support your unique health and happiness. We will drink to that, guys. I just went to the launch party of Mixers new flavors with Demi Tebow, who is probably the most beautiful person I've ever met in person she also happens to be married to Tim Tebow who is a former NFL player and it was so lovely this company cares about women and their health so deeply and I started drinking it every single day so many good flavors and the best part is they are all natural and they benefit my health and I love them my favorite actually is the Her Kids right now because my kids are obsessed. They drink their little fruit punch every day and they're getting greens and vitamins. And I just can't say enough good things about mixers. If you want 20% off your mixers order, use the code SPORTS-ISH. Before we jump into the story, I do want to say that listener discretion is advised.
1: Yeah, this whole case is disgusting.
0: It's disgusting. It mentions sexual assault. It's tragic, it's violent. So just know that that's going on yep. before you listen. And if you have littles, not the episode to turn on in the car or put some headphones in. This happened around five years ago, actually, October 2018. And this past year, ESPN released a documentary surrounding this whole case yeah. after doing a 4 year investigation but
1: I, I remember this when it happened at University of Utah because oh, we, totally. we were at BYU and I, rem- I remember getting the notifications
0: yeah because the active manhunt was going on yeah. I do remember being yeah. very nervous but just major props to ESPN they
1: if did a great job
0: a four-year investigation that's a very long time they interviewed Lauren's friends her teammates her family they combed through documents they combed through security camera footage yeah. All things that unfortunately the people who should have been doing this did not do. Yeah. In the original investigation.
1: Absolutely. I mean, hindsight is 2020, but we'll we'll unpack a lot of a lot of this stuff. Well,
0: the documentary is titled Listen, which is appropriate because the most astounding thing to come out from the whole case is how few people actually listened. Yeah. To Lauren when she said she needed protection.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's really, really sad. And the worst part of this for me was knowing that, like, I have kids. I have a wife. And Lauren did everything right. Everything. Everything right. Yeah. Like, there's there's really nothing more she could have done.
0: No. What happened, you know, did eventually produce something good for students on college campuses moving forward safety has been increased. But how amazing would it have been if that change didn't come about from a tragic murder?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, this isn't an isolated case either in colleges. We know that this kind of stuff happens on college campuses. I think she was very fortunate with her family, her family background, and the publicity this case was a, able to garner because I feel like this has happened before mm. and maybe not c- caught the spotlight, but really like, and we'll again we'll we'll talk through this. But props to Lauren's family because they handled this fabulously and yeah. did everything right to make sure that this didn't go away and people were held accountable and changes were made.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's dive in, Lauren McCluskey was a student athlete at the University of Utah. She ran track and field. She was from Washington, yep. and she had just started her senior year in the fall of 2018. Her parents are both professors at a university in Washington. They are incredibly bright. And I felt that, like yeah. watching their interviews, that they are both bright, capable people. Um, and it makes sense, they're, they're yep. university professors. Lauren was talented when it came to running. She competed at the Junior Olympics when she was eight, and then she later competed in nationals. And then, of course, she went on a scholarship to the University of Utah. Her parents in the documentary said that it appealed to them because it was considered a very safe school. Yeah. She was 21 years old, and that fall she started dating a guy by the name of Sean Fields. So Sean was 28 so seven years her senior. Yep. And a student at Salt Lakes Community College, also known as Slick, Slick. you know anything about Utah. Uh, they met at a bar and Sean was working as a bouncer.
1: Yeah, I think it was like a dance club, right? Like that she wanted to go dancing with her friends where, and that's where she met him.
0: Her friends described him as huge,
1: yeah. built
0: like a football player. Yeah,
1: he's a, he's a big, like a big man.
0: Big man. So... He got her number. He contacted her immediately the next day Mm -hmm. and they dove right into a relationship. Yeah.
1: It sounds like he he was doing all the right things. It was like a quote unquote dream come true. Like too good to be true kind of guy, like bringing flowers, just super sweet, checking all the boxes.
0: Side note, like bringing flowers it doesn't mean you're too good to be true. You no, could no. Do I, that I know, but like it again.
1: just it sounds like based on what i had read in her I'm heard, just
0: saying like you could do that.
1: Yeah, I I bring flowers occasionally. There are other things, you know, okay, look, relationships two ways. All right, two way street.
0: You want some flowers?
1: Not about us though. Not about us. All right, back to the main <laughs> okay, the main okay. character. We're
0: removing ourselves yeah. from this. Yeah. So No
1: red <laughs> flags by me. All right. I'm fine. I'm perfect.
0: <laughs> uh her friends described it as like He just was like a smooth talker. Yeah. Suave.
1: Yeah. Suave.
0: But pretty quickly grew concerned because of the control.
1: Yeah. It was very clear very quickly that this was a toxic relationship. And again, one of the things that I kind of realized as I was reading it is this all took place very quickly. Yeah. And again, credit to Lauren. Things Things were caught and notified very early on like this wasn't like a huge relationship that dragged on and it was like she kind of got stuck in and she has the blinders on like very quickly it's apparent that this is a toxic relationship right and she starts to take the appropriate actions
0: well they were official like boyfriend girlfriend after a week yep and this this all happened keep in mind like they met in september yeah
1: september and she was murdered in uh, October. october
0: yeah so this, this was about a month Yeah. that this 56 days yeah. to be precise. He was really controlling in situations. He would call her and ask who she was with and mm-hmm. where she was. And when she would tell him, he would say, send me a photo, prove it, yeah. which goodness gracious, red flag, yeah, all the very, red flags, very,
1: yeah, red flag what was interesting is when they talked about how he made her get pepper spray to protect her Th- that to me was like super ironic
0: well that's the thing is so he bought her pepper spray and then he took her shooting yeah and wanted to get her a gun yep. to basically in a claim to protect her yep. and it, i mean ironically the person she actually needed protection from was him, was
1: him. yeah very ironic very sad
0: but it's ma- part, part manipulative. Of, yeah,
1: very manipulative and as I listened to the story, it sounds like that's how he was. He would almost like reverse psychology to manipulate people. He did it with his parole officers, he did it with people in prison. Yeah. It was very much like, "Oh, let me act like I'm intimidated." You know, like, "Oh, I'm scared for you. I want, you know, you know these protections to kind of like flip the script a little, script a little bit."
0: Yeah, and meanwhile, he, she should have been scared of him. Yes. So her friends concerned, they were, they were very concerned that they saw bruises on her legs, but they assumed that it was oh, potentially I didn't from that. track and field. Yeah. yeah. And so her friends actually contacted their RA mm-hmm. in yep. the housing unit and she tried to get in touch with the housing supervisor to share her concerns. She wrote a long email about this overly controlling boyfriend who was trying to buy a gun and the housing supervisors did... Nothing. Yeah. So that's a pattern. Yeah. Right that, there.
1: I will say this. That doesn't surprise me. If you've ever worked with any housing <laughs> supervisors in college campuses, they're the worst. Okay. It's done it's terribly. It's terribly organized. They're a pain to work with. That to me was not shocking. I don't necessarily expect better of them, but they should be better.
0: Yeah. But that's just sh- strike one, yeah, right?
1: That's just first first instance of like something was called out and was completely ignored.
0: Yeah. So it was fall break Mm -hmm. at the U and before she flew home, she was hanging out with Sean. Yes. This 28 year old from slick, but she noticed that his ID was under a different name and a different
1: age age by significant margin.
0: Yeah. So what it actually said is that his name was Melvin Roland.
1: Yeah. Red flag, huge red flag, Melvin. (laughs) That name
0: (laughs) right there. And that he was thirty-seven, so she was confused. But right, police. So. He basically covered it up, saying it was a fake ID, and he needed it for various reasons. And it's fine, you know. Everyone has fake IDs, and she was like, "Okay, all right."
1: Yeah, but usually not when you're twenty-eight already.
0: <laughs> yeah. What did the twenty-eight-year-olds need fake IDs for? Is to, the question. Usually,
1: you'd think that they'd wanted to like pretend they're younger.
0: I guess. Maybe not at 28. Which is but, what he was doing. Yeah, When she was back in Washington for fall break, she met up with one of her best friends from high school mm. and she was telling her, as you do, about your college boyfriend. And she was saying like she felt like something was off about yeah. him. And those two started doing what girls do best, which they went to Google, they went to stock. So they couldn't find anything about Sean. They did find something under the name of Melvin Roland, yeah, and he was actually a 37-year-old sex offender.
1: Yeah, alarming to say the least.
0: I mean, just anxiety. Yeah immediate. did they
1: did they at that point when they saw that were they able to see the actual crimes he had committed or just they they knew he was a sex offender? They and knew was he was registered sex offender. A registered but, sex offender.
0: So what she did know is that there was a rape charge.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: So flash forward. Okay. Fall break is over. Mm -hmm. She's back on campus. Yes. She's in a room and suddenly who pops their head at the window? Well, it's Melvin. She's decided that she wants to break up with him. She's Mm -hmm. like highly concerned over what she found, obviously. So Melvin wants to come in her room. She's decided she's going to break up with him. She lets him in her room. She approaches him about everything that she found online about him. And he gives all these excuses saying that, you know, the rape was actually consensual sex and he was set up and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he,
1: He claimed that it was consensual sex. The girl was 17, which is where he got in trouble. Yeah. And then, but like, he didn't know that.
0: Right. So like that she set him up. Lauren ends up breaking up with him and convinces him that he does need to leave, but he takes her car. She's like successfully broken up with the guy, but unfortunately he has her car. She starts getting text messages from, like, very random numbers saying they were his friends and asking, like, why'd you break up with him? He still loves you. Finally, she got a text that said, okay, Sean doesn't want to see you, but he will return your car and he'll drop it in the stadium parking lot. So she's updating her mom and her friends about this whole situation. Yeah. And her mom who knew everything didn't feel comfortable with Lauren like going to get her car yeah. in a stadium parking lot because obviously so her mom calls campus police and says this is what's happening I don't feel comfortable with my daughter going to get this car by herself can someone escort her to do so and so campus police actually does send someone an officer to escort Lauren and they do and Lauren gets the car and it's all good she feels like she can move on she feels happy she feels like check he's out of my life i have my car she wrote in her journal about you know one day she was going to get married and this would all be far behind her well unfortunately that was not the case so she started getting this series of odd text messages from many different numbers some from random numbers some from his number saying that It was his friend and they were threatening. They were like totally bizarre. Grammar was terrible. And then like one of the text messages said that Melvin actually passed away in a car crash and that she needed to come to his funeral. And so she started blocking the numbers. Mm -hmm. Like, please leave me alone. Please leave me alone. It was very clear that he wasn't dead. She was aware enough to know that this was sketchy and to alert the campus police. Yeah. So she alerts the campus police and they're basically like block the numbers.
1: Yeah, blocked the numbers. And again, to be fair to the police, also like there's not a whole lot they can do at this point. Right. Obviously, hindsight 2020, things were like, okay, there are a lot of red flags here. But
0: but here's the thing. Right. So. What really should have happened is the police say, oh, okay, let's let's look into this really quick. Like, what is the name of this man who's doing this? And we can actually look up if he's died because we have access to that kind of information.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. Look, I agree. And I think in hindsight, it's clear that, like, we know what's happening. So it's easy for us to be like, the police should have used their time to go after this. What I'm saying, though, is like, In this specific instance, I understand why the police were a little bit like, eh, just block the numbers. Because they're dealing with a lot, like they're inundated with like things coming in. It's not a clear threat yet. Look, don't get me wrong. Like I said earlier, this case, whole case is disgusting. The police completely mismanaged, but I get why it's like nothing done yet. But again, more could have been done there for sure.
0: Okay. So odd text messages goes to campus police. They tell her to block the numbers, which she's already done. A few days later, she gets a text of an intimate photo of her and Melvin. Yeah. And it was threatening to send it out to all of her friends and saying if she didn't Venmo him $1,000, that he would send it out.
1: Yeah. And this quote unquote someone, you know, is allegedly a mystery man. But it's pretty clear who this is. Like, right? it doesn't take a whole lot to figure out like, oh, it's the guy who's been harassing me. And who's a sex offender and who would have access to that photo.
0: Right. So she did send $1,000 over Venmo. Yeah,
1: crazy. And she went to the police to, because she's being extorted.
0: So first she called them. hmm Nothing. Yep. Then she went into the office to yep. file a report. And they did have her fill out a report and said a detective would be in touch. Yes,
1: and the crazy part too is like, they don't take her into a room or anything. They do it in the lobby of the campus policing. It's like being a very intimate moment. This is where, in my mind, everything went went wrong. From this point on, it's like, what? Like, could you, I just feel so bad for her going there. Like you, you're, you're so embarrassed, probably so ashamed of this. And you're just like, obviously you're embarrassed enough that you paid someone $1,000 to like not share this with everyone, but it's like, to have them interview her and go through everything show him the photo fo- like send the photo do all that in the lobby yeah like, what
0: and then there's of course reports that the police were like looking at the yeah, photo. no
1: it's it's documented that the the detective who had it and i'm going to use his name because his name deserves officer Darris uh deras Darris, he showed multiple police officers who weren't involved with the case for reasons other than police work. He's been allegedly quoted saying, I can look at this whenever I want. Right. And then other like kind of vulgar things, disgusting. The parents that was part of the lawsuit at the end of it was when they found out these photos were circulating. Like, it's just disgusting. And it's disgusting on the entire police force there because it's not like it was just officer Darris; Other people participated and should have been held accountable.
0: So, yeah, two officers under oath said that he showed them the explicit photo, and said that he could look at it whenever he wanted. An unprofessional comment, and so ESPN actually was able to interview. Yeah, I interviewed
1: him. I listened to it, and it's like, and he was just like, "I never said that." He
0: said, "I would never say that." I would
1: never say that. And it's so, like, well, a police officer under oath said that you did.
0: I don't believe you, Officer yeah. Darius. Okay, so. Here we are. She's gone to the police. They said a detective will call her. Nothing happened, okay? But how many damn times should a woman have to call for help about this?
1: Well, in theory, never. You should never have to, right? Right. But, like, once should be enough.
0: So they basically told her there was little they could do and no specific threat had been made.
1: Yeah, and then they're just like her. they they kept going back to like, well, we don't really know who's trying to extort you, right? Like that was one of the big excuses of why they didn't do anything kind of dramatic was we didn't know if it was him who was trying to extort her.
0: So, she actually ended up calling the Salt Lake police. Yeah. Because the campus police weren't doing anything. And, you know, the Salt Lake police they told her that it had to be handled by campus police. The detective never followed up. He or she was apparently busy. Before we get to what happened next, here is what the police could have found out about Melvin Roland. In the 15 years leading up to this, to this time, 15 years of history with the law, okay? This is something detectives probably could have figured out with a quick search of his name. Yep. In 2003, he met a 17-year-old girl online, went over to her house. Her parents were gone and raped her. Yep. He was then caught by police by chatting with a 13-year-old girl online. Yeah. And trying to meet up with her. Funny enough, it was actually yeah. the police trying to catch him. Yep. And they did.
1: And I think it's also important to note, too, that the 17-year-old girl went to police or went to the hospital and got a rape kit done. Right.
0: Which is incredible because that was probably huge. Yeah. So
1: it wasn't, it wasn't like a, Oh, he said, she said thing like five years after the fact, you know, like this was something that happened right away and then like went to trial right away.
0: So 2003, he was charged with rape and enticing girls over the internet. He was sentenced to 15 years in prison but the recommendation was that he spend three and a half years behind bars and the rest on parole. But he had, he had like had a crazy time in prison.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just, it was very clear he was a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he ends up, first of all, 15 years is far too light for a rape and enticing a minor who he was planning on having sex with a 13 year old. Right. He should have been in prison for a long time. Three and a half years in prison. What? Three and a half years in prison for rape?
0: Yeah. And then he, he did go to prison and he had so many violent incidents, like fighting with other inmates and like coercing security officers. Just like yeah, all these offenses. The yeah,
1: like he was very clear he, he had not not learned anything or felt sorry.
0: He ended up actually serving in prison for nine years yeah. after a recommendation for three, three and a nine. half So parole hearing in 2012. Okay. The judge asked Roland in this parole hearing, have you raped any other women similar to this experience? Talking about the 17 year old. And he said, yeah, I probably raped at least two other women like that. Who who
1: said like, like, like that. It was like, oh yeah, where it was an actual rape. right? Right. He said that he had, manipulated at least 50 girls prior to that to have sex with him, right? So his idea of what rape is, he confessed to two additional ones, which means like there was probably way more that he had effectively raped.
0: Right. So two additional ones, he's admitting here in court that he has raped two additional girls just like this. And they're like, okay, let's consider you getting now on parole. This seems like a good idea.
1: Yeah. Well, they're like, well, you know what? His original suggestion was three and a half years of prison. He's already spent eight, eight and a half, nine years. I think it's time for a shot at parole. I was like, I don't think that that's not how that works, right? If they've shown no remorse, they've shown no ability to change and then admitted to raping multiple other people. Who in their right mind lets this animal out on the
0: streets? Yeah, well, funny enough, he was released on parole, but quickly.
1: Yeah, within a year.
0: Within a year, was back in jail. And over the next, like, seven years, he was in and out of parole. He was getting in trouble. He was breaking rules. He was just an absolute mess. Okay, this whole thing started in 2003.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he serves time in prison gets paroled, ends up in jail within another, within the year, gets paroled again, threatens during his next parole, he threatens his parole officer, he's breaking all of his parole, like has a ton of parole violations, gets sent to prison again, and then finally is paroled again, or maybe it's the end of a sentence, I don't even know, in 2018.
0: April of 2018, he walks free of parole.
1: Just insane.
0: So, starts in 2003, ends in April of 2018. That is the same year he killed Lauren McCluskey. Yeah. That man should have never walked
1: never. free. That to me, look, a ton of people screwed this up. To me, the bulk of the blame outside of Roland, who takes all of take, like, this, this lies at his feet.
0: May he rot right. in hell.
1: Yes. Outside, after him, the number two person, people who should have been held accountable, border Paroles and the Board of Pardons. Absolutely disgusting given the knowledge that they had to release him into the public. When he had showed zero ability. The guy couldn't even complete the trainings for sex education or whatever it's called in prison when you're trying to Like reform from being an absolute psychopath and like raping. I mean, he acknowledged that he was attracted to teenagers and adult women, and it's it's crazy. It's crazy to me that he was let out, and the fact that the border paroles let him out. Like those people should have been fired. Like that is there's just no excuse. Like she should have never been in the situation. The police should have never had to have been involved because this guy should have been in prison for the rest of his life.
0: Right. Well, 15 years of history and the University of Utah police somehow had no idea.
1: They didn't even check the parole. That's the, like that huge fumble. How do you not look into this given everything going on? Just didn't, didn't look. And when they interviewed the detective, he's like, I just was too inexperienced.
0: Yeah. But I mean, a quick Google search guys,
1: her and her friend literally figured this out over a weekend. Right. You And you, you couldn't go in and be like, we have a legitimate threat here. She's contacted the police. Like, by the way, she contacted the police six times within 10 days leading up to a murder.
0: Six times and nothing was done.
1: I, I mean, maybe not even, con- she called the police six times. I think she had way more contact than that. And other people had contact as well.
0: Okay, let's keep going. Friday, October 19th. Lauren was on the phone with her friend and she received a text. The text said, I know everything. Why did you go to the police? Obviously it was Melvin. She was terrified and he had been watching her and stalking her. And
1: And he had access to her emails because she had logged in to her email on her phone. Let this also, again, this is not victim shaming. none None of this lies on Lauren. She did everything right. But let this be a no for everyone. Don't don't log into anything on other people's phones. Like, yeah. Like I I don't know I don't have to Say like what what's the lesson here? Like don't trust anybody. Like I don't know. But
0: I mean, especially someone with a history like that. I mean, so, she didn't even
1: know though, right? Like at the time. Like, I mean, how many times have you logged into your email on my stuff?
0: I mean, we've been married for years. Yeah,
1: I know, but you know.
0: so Lauren. Called 911. She was so scared. Yep. And as she
1: should be, I'd be freaked out too.
0: Me too. So the dispatcher decided, instead of to help her, she decided to kind of lecture her about why she wasn't speaking with campus police about this. Yeah. It's
1: like, oh, I don't know. Maybe because I've called them six times and they haven't done anything. And that's
0: exactly what Lauren said. She yeah. said, they haven't done anything. I have tried. The dispatcher said, well, you're going to need to call campus police. So Lauren did call campus police. Daris, you know, the nasty officer who was looking at the photos, said that he would reach out to the detective and the detective did call that evening, apologize for not being in touch sooner. She asked some basic questions and then she said that she would call back. Okay. Yeah. So let's flash forward to October 22nd. It was a fall day in Salt Lake, temperatures, high 40s, fall in Utah is beautiful. Roland is on University of Utah campus stalking Lauren and he From proceeds- a very
1: early time too. 9 a.m. I think he was oh, there 6 a.m. Yeah.
0: So he's like walking around her dorm room. She goes to get breakfast, and then she gets a text saying that the police chief wants her to come down to the department. Yeah. But the text had typos and misspellings, and she was concerned. Yeah. She had the foresight to see this is actually not the police chief. Yeah. And so she called the officer on campus that she knew. The call lasted one minute. So she called the officer again and then twice more in the following 20 minutes. She met the officer and showed him the text. He said it was not the police chief's number and that she should forward it to the detective and just go about her day. So the officer dares did not tell anyone about this, about the text. He just kind of went about his day too. And Lauren emailed the detective saying she felt like she was being lured somewhere. The detective was, of course, off work and didn't see the email until after Lauren had been murdered.
1: Yeah, this detective completely, like, fumble the bags is so inappropriate. Just a complete betrayal of trust and complete irresponsibility. Zero ability to do their job. I mean, look, even when the detective finally called Lauren back... It was very clear that the detective didn't have any of the relevant information. It was like Lauren had to repeat herself, retell the story. And it's like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. All right. Let me just get this, all of this down. It's like, has nothing been communicated? Is no one communicating with each other within the police department?
0: No. And here's like what is so infuriating to me. The video shows Roland, Melvin, walking around Lauren's dorm that entire day. Yeah. And nobody picked up on it with security footage. And nobody on campus police noticed this, that he is stalking her dorm with a black bag in his hand, getting ready to kill her.
1: Yeah, I want to say the student buildings were also were also notified that he was a sexual predator. Totally. And, and that... His picture was circulated to be like, hey, this guy shouldn't be around here. I want to say that happened, but clearly if it did, nobody paid attention to that. I mean, he was in and out of the dorm rooms in people's, like the neighbor's apartments and rooms within her own dorm building.
0: So at 8 p.m. that night, Lauren was walking around campus and she called her mom, as you do. When you're walking around campus, I can't tell you how many times I was walking home from class and you just call your mom because you're alone. And you know, we have this fear, all well, of us of being kidnapped and Lauren especially had that fear. Yeah.
1: Well, and the sad part too, is it wasn't just that it was like, things were starting to look up for her too. It sounded like she was like, yeah, like school's going well. Yeah. Just,
0: she, oh. Senior year at 8:16 PM while she was still on the phone with her mom. Lauren was walking through a parking lot. Roland, you can see in security footage, starts to follow her. Her mom said that all of a sudden she heard Lauren yell, no, no, no. And then she heard her being dragged away and her phone fell. Lauren's dad and mom were in the same room as this happened and immediately, immediately called 911. So he was connected to campus security within two minutes he described what had happened and that she had recently broken up with someone who was violent and that campus police had been involved. And the dispatcher left the line to go consult with a security officer. All of a sudden, a woman's voice came over on Lauren's phone. She said, hi, I have a backpack and an ID and a phone. And Lauren's parents realized that Lauren's phone was on the ground and had been picked up by another student. So they decided to just call 911 directly, not deal with campus police, but get the Salt Lake City police involved. The woman explained to police where she was, which is where Lauren's phone had been. The McCluskies hung up with the police. They waited. For the next 85 minutes, they heard nothing.
1: Terrifying.
0: Jill was calling Lauren's friends, saying that Lauren might have been kidnapped and wondered if they knew anything. Nobody, of course, knew anything. Around 9 p.m., campus police summoned everyone, and they were given the name Lauren McCluskey as well as Melvin Roland. They started to look for the silver Buick that Melvin was driving. Around 9.55 p.m., an officer spotted that Buick in the parking lot. And Lauren's green Jeep was next to it. There was a shell casing between the cars. An officer looked inside the Buick and saw a woman in the back seat. The officer described opening the car and seeing Lauren there with her head against the driver's side of the car. Six shell casings were on the floor. Lauren had been shoved into the car and shot seven times. The officer checked her neck for a pulse and there was none. At 10 p.m. Lauren's parents were called and... They were given the news that Lauren was murdered by Melvin Rowland. The man that she had called the police over six times. And I mean, it's obvious, but this so easily could have ended so differently. And that's what's so infuriating and terrifying.
1: Yeah. It's a case where the victim did everything right everything in her power to get this taken care of she contacted police numerous times she was persistent with it right she was it wasn't like a oh like you know maybe contact one time and see what happens like persistent contact it was clear that she was scared and our justice system failed her the police force failed her and then the school failed her after the fact
0: right A few months, December of 2018, the president of the University of Utah was quoted in saying that Lauren's death was not preventable.
1: Disgusting. I understand that she was reading a puff piece written to her by school lawyers, but she should have been fired for that.
0: Yeah. Lauren's parents heard this and that's what sparked it. Yeah. That's what sparked them opening up an investigation. Yeah.
1: At the craziest part to them was they already knew that there were some serious missteps. All they wanted was an apology for the statement of like, no, this was preventable. We want you guys to make changes to the campus to protect young students, specifically young female students, and we want an apology for that statement. and And they didn't want to sue the school, and that's and that's what's crazy is this desire to not school, sue the school. And just to to get something changed within the school and get an apology is what ended up forcing them to to sue the school because they weren't getting anywhere with them.
0: So they filed a $56 million federal civil rights lawsuit against the University of Utah. Mm -hmm. And mostly they just wanted to get a settlement large enough that insurance companies would force all universities to strengthen campus safety.
1: And I love that. And it's so sad to me, but one of the morals of the story for me was like money talks here and they and her parents knew that it's like look when they they want to change and it's like we're going for a huge lawsuit because that's the only way we know and unfortunately that's the only way the schools responded
0: so the school responded to the lawsuit by saying police aren't responsible for protecting students from off-campus individuals
1: disgusting
0: So, students started to walk out of school in protest during this time, which, I mean, I know we have a lot of listeners in Utah. If you were involved in that in any way, I so admire you because what you did did cause change. University of Utah president Watkins, she did leave at the end of 2021. She
1: should never be allowed to work again. I'm sorry. Like, I understand that you have lawyers involved and they're guiding you here, but like, you need to have a backbone. Like you need to know and do what's right. Like just disgusted by her actions.
0: The school and the McCluskey's ended up settling for 13.5 million. Watkins did apologize on behalf of the university and all of the money is going to the Lauren McCluskey Foundation which raises awareness about campus safety around the world. Yeah. And since the settlement, The McCluskey's created an indoor track facility completely dedicated to Lauren. So they have a Center for Violence Prevention, and that's being renamed the McCluskey Center for Violence Prevention. And best of all, nearly the entire campus police force has been replaced since Lauren's death.
1: Good. Absolutely. They should never work in law enforcement again. Look, I don't expect police officers or anyone for that matter to be perfect, but there is a level of accountability that needs to take place. And it's just so, so sad to me, the absolute betrayal of trust that went on with the university and the university police and the campus police on a number of fronts, right? Like a complete disregard for Lauren's life until it was too late, and then even a complete disrespect for her life after the fact by sharing these naked pictures of her yeah. within the police force. Just so disgusting. And to have the university claim that n- there was nothing that could have been done. And the only reason we have all of this information is because of McCluskey's parents pushing for an investigation and for suing the school, suing for records. A lot of these records, the schools had, I mean, we could, we could talk for hours about the, the documents from her, from her therapist's or her counselor that she was talking to about this, the contact with the police records, the parole records. And then even crazier, three days after the murder, I'm sure you read this, the police interviewed the murderer's workplace. And, and the, the, his bosses knew of what was going on. They knew that he had extorted her for $2,000, for the new pictures, which which is a crime, and would have sent him back to prison. They knew that he was doing this. His coworker was one of the people who helped him extort her, gave him his phone to use. Nothing ever happened to him. He should be in jail, too. There were so many people involved, and it's like the school was trying to keep this hidden. They didn't want these records out because they knew, once they had done their own internal investigation, that they had they had messed up. And and they tried to keep that hidden for as long as possible. Yeah. And it just it's terrifying as a parent when I just think of how that's handled. Like that's what I would want our kids to do.
0: Right. right.
1: And it's like, how can you go ahead and tell your daughter to go to the police if someone's extorting you with lewd pictures of yourself to go to the police and hand that over when we've just been shown time and time again, they don't have, like, we can't trust them. That, yeah. that that's going to be shown around. People are going to share those images. Like, how do you go to your daughter and be like, go to the police with this? Like, they're going to
0: they're gonna help you. What I do think is that things have changed since this case. That's what Lauren's parents were fighting for. And yeah. hopefully that's what is going to happen from here on out. But it's truly, it's so heartbreaking. And this isn't stuff that I necessarily love to talk about, right? This isn't something that I'm like, this sounds like a fun podcast episode. But at the end of the day, while I do like to talk about celebrities dating athletes and hot football players and cute stories on the sidelines. I also feel such a duty to tell these stories and I don't know. Yeah. I'm sad. I'm so sad. I'm so sad about it.
1: It's, it's devastating. Again, I have so much respect for her family and the way they handled this and the way they went and fought to bring about change and not just accountability, but to help other people. And it wasn't out of spite. It wasn't out of greed. It was, out of a, we sincerely want change. And that was the only reason they sued the school because it was clear nothing was being done and things were being pushed under the rug and that this would happen again.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap it up for today. That was plenty of sadness for your afternoon or whenever you're listening to this, but happiness and laughter to come on future episodes of this, I am sure, with some of the guests I have booked. So... Come back next week. If you enjoyed this, please give us a rating, a review, and uh, we'll catch you. We'll catch you next time.
1: All right. Thanks for tuning in.